It's time for Cats Talk Wednesday. Small town and big city joined forces. Benny Hardy of Lynch, Kentucky, and Terry Brown of Louisville, Kentucky, team up to give you free-flowing, laid-back sports talk. Focus on Kentucky Wildcats, as well as pertinent information in the NBA, NFL, and Major League Baseball. Happy March, everybody. Welcome in to Cats Talk Wednesday. Terry T.B. Brown, Benny Hardy, here doing what we do. Another episode is on the way, man. How we doing, C.B.? Doing fantastic. It's the best part of the year as Kentucky fans. We are we are back in it. We've got two teams, the men and the women, in both brackets. Uh, a rare list of uh, schools that had bowl game and got both men's and women's team into their uh, basketball bracket. So, as I always say, it's always a great day to be a Wildcat. Absolutely, man. We get to dive all into it. We got, you know, some. It's it's wall to wall tomorrow, noon to midnight, Thursday, Friday. Here we go. Here we go. We got a couple great guests, friends of the show. Both of them been on here before. Uh, Dana Falk at the Hungry Fan on Twitter. We chopped it up and talked food and sports with her. It's been some years because we've been on. We've been doing this a while. It's been a few years ago that she was on, and then uh, our guy, your guy, y'all caught loose balls together on the regular courtside <laughs> of Arena. That's right. That's right. Randy Newman from Big Blue Express. He's coming up at about seven. Uh, I'm going to get the link to Dana right now. She'll be on here right here in just a second. But man, it's like you said, you had the shirt Kentucky, February, March. I mean, January, February, Kentucky, rather, as I butcher it. Yeah. January, February, Kentucky, because this, hey, here we go. That, that's right. It's always fitting, especially when it comes to the SEC. When it comes to the postseason, and you look at what Kentucky's done in the SEC, and you look at all the records Kentucky has in the NCAA tournament, it is Kentucky time. Always Kentucky time. So I'm, look, I'm looking forward to, and I know we'll talk about the, the bracket in some detail when Randy comes on, but I'm excited. Watch the play-in games, watch the Texas Southern and Texas A&M Corpus Christi, and Wyoming and uh, Indiana last night. Indiana won the playing game, so good for them. Good for Indiana. <laughs> yes, yes, and they they seem quite happy with 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 themselves for for getting in to advancing to Thursday. This <laughs> is essentially what they did. <laughs> good, good for them. Good for them. I'm I'm happy for them. You know, you and I learned that Mike Woodson. Was an IU alum when we did believe in Kentucky with Tony Delk. We didn't even know he went there and played there, so we learned that. And now, he's I, I had no idea. Right the, yeah, we didn't know. TD told us, and you know, we were like, "Oh!" And now he's coached him into the tournament. So, all right, good, good job, guys. Good job, Hoosiers. KP, KP comes back home. Uh, in in that news, as far as Louisville goes, uh, Kenny Payne is is going to be coaching the Cards. Good for them. I rooted, you know, uh, I was a Louisville fan a long time ago, 86, when Kenny Payne was on that uh, team that, uh, that that beat Duke in the in the final. Milt Wagner's free throws iced the game. Uh, so I've been a Kenny Payne fan longer than most Kentucky fans. 
because I was rooting for him way back in his playing days. So good for Louisville. Now, my only caveat is without any head coaching experience, let's not try to do too much. Because if you check the landscape and you look at schools that brought back former players to coach, the returns are not great. Uh, I don't know if Patrick Ewing is going to get another year at Georgetown. I mean, they were winless in the Big East. Like it was, it was, it was bad, bad. And that's hard to seen, do. Yeah, it, you, know, you you would expect to catch somebody sometimes slipping, but they never did. Uh, you you look at Chris Mullen at St. John's. You look at Clyde Drexler at Houston. Uh, you know, Penny finally turned it around at Memphis. Yeah. But but it's still not what they thought they were getting, even at this stage. Now, if they're able to beat uh, Boise State, uh, I got my Boise State hat on uh, in the in the first round. And if they're able to kind of shock a lot of folks with Gonzaga, that's a different conversation. But yeah. as of right now, I don't know. So, yay for Louisville. But this mm-hmm. this was a feel good hire. I don't know if the X and O's work out. I don't know if he can do the program building, but this was something they needed to bring that fan base together because it was scattered. That's true. We can keep this going and all sorts of other conversation with our guest, a friend of the show, been on here with us. It's been a minute. It's been a few minutes, but she has been on here with us before. It's been too long, actually. But since we're on Roku now, so she is backstage, TB. She's in the green room. In the green room. The founder and the face of the Hungry Fan. We talked about that with her when she was on. We're going to talk about that again. She's the curator of the Sports Fans Game Day Experience. She's a flavor maker. She's a TV personality. She's a professional sports fan. She is a Duke grad, and we we still forgive her. We still got love for her. She's a Duke alumna, Duke grad. We'll talk about that as well. We're talking about none other than Dana Falk TV, the Hungry Fan. Dana, how are you doing? Welcome in here with us. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for stopping by. We apologize. It's been forever since you was on here with us. It's okay. I still follow you guys on Twitter. I see what you guys are up to. And, uh, you know, I feel like it's been a minute for like everybody. And by a minute, I mean like two years. So, yeah, time, time has stopped meaning what it used to mean in 2019. Because yes. I'll be talking about something like, oh, that just happened. Oh, no, that was 2018. Or, you know, <laughs> so I'm yeah. right there with you. Like I was just at this play. I was I was like literally the other day. I was like, oh yeah, I was just in like Placid at the U.S. Training Center, like watching them do the ski stuff. And then I was like, oh wait, that was 2019. Man. Just kidding. <laughs> Unbelievable. So speaking of stuff that was caught in that time warp, yeah, we will. I'll begrudgingly tip my hat because y'all beat us in the first game of the season way back in November. Uh, in that that was 2021, unfortunately. So I want to say it was 2019, but it wasn't. So <laughs> no. we can we can tip our hat to y'all on that. And here we are Thank now you. on the eve of March Madness. I mean, there's playing games, but officially it starts tomorrow. Officially, officially tomorrow. The playing games are. I mean, I actually think the Rutgers Notre Dame game. I think is it was it on now or on shortly. Yeah, it's the first uh, game of the night. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just looking. Off top my I head. should know this too. I was looking at it earlier and then I forgot because I don't remember anything anymore. Um, <laughs> I do remember that we did beat you, so thank you. But. Oh. Oh. 
kidding. Uh, no, but I, I actually, I'm excited for that first one tonight. Rutgers, I think Rutgers will win. They could. And with Notre Dame, they essentially said that's the, another ACC loss we had early. That's the only reason they even made it because of that. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. home win because they beat Kentucky. Can I just say for the record, like, I really would like Notre Dame to pick a side. Are you ACC? If you're going to go ACC, fine, but go full ACC. Like, football's over here, basketball's over there. It's very confusing to me. Oh, yeah, the Notre Dame exemption where they get to stay independent of football but still reap all the benefits of conference membership and everything else. At some point, you've got to be pick one. all in or all out. If you're independent, then be independent in everything. Exactly. But if you're going to participate with us in literally everything else, then then get with the program. But they don't exactly. want to give up that team from NBC. So I, I get that, but still. but still. I get that I'm, as well, but I'm just like, come on. First of all, you're nowhere near the Atlantic coast. So you're welcome to be part of our little conference <laughs> over here. If you would like to be part of the conference, you're welcome, but you need to jump in. Right. And it's not like they're the only private school in the ACC. And I know no. that the, the Duke is a private, private school. school. Right. Mm-hmm. So Clemson is a private school. Uh, BC. BC is a private school. Yeah, yeah that's an expensive one too. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Um, so they, they can get with the program in the ACC. Literally, yeah, exactly. They can get with the program. Anyway, that was just an aside. I <laughs> go Rutgers tonight. Jersey, woo. Now, how look? Have you have you wrapped your head around the fact that you know the next year will be the first year? Of your lifetime that somebody besides coach k is going to be stalking those sidelines and you know. yeah yeah it is interesting right and it literally is of my lifetime like he was head coach before i was ever born um lovely guy lovely family i've gotten to know them over the years it's I mean, he's an institution at duke he's going to stay on as an ambassador and i don't really know what that means like does that mean that he's still kind of there in the basketball office, like helping with this transition? I don't know. Um, but I, I mean, we've done some great recruiting for next year already. So I'm po- like, you know, I'm, I'm positive on that. It's going to be different. I, I don't know that it'll be this. I know it won't be the same. I hope it'll be just as good, but. I'm not gonna hold my breath. We'll see. And, and I don't envy John Shire at all yeah. because, as we've seen throughout sports history, being the dude to replace not just you know a great coach but a legend. And right. you, you look at you know Joe B. Hall that replaced Adolph Rupp here at Kentucky. You look at uh, Gene Bartow that replaced John Wooden at UCLA. Wooden, yeah, that you know that's a tough thing. Even Roy Williams, he was a good coach. But he wasn't like the dude that had to replace Dean Smith, you know. So, exactly. You know. Yeah. I've gotten to this debate on Twitter. I'm like, I'm not talking about replacing good coaches. That happens fairly often. I'm talking about the people, like who replaces Pat Summit, like who's going to replace Gino Oriem at, at, at UConn mm-hmm. to replace the de facto program. Right. I'm not a Duke fan, but I'm kind of rooting for that guy because it's going to be yeah. brutal, especially with social media and all that. And not just that, but in the next few years, um, 
the NBA is going to allow high school students again, right? Like that rule is going to change again, which means like, let's be honest, like the one and done is going to go away. The really, really talented kids are going to try to go straight to the NBA. They're going to declare for the draft. They're going to go to the NBA and it's going to make recruiting even harder. And so if you don't have like a huge name, a huge force behind the program, like a coach K at Duke, it's going to be difficult. I think, I think there's a lot of things in the landscape coming up that are going to make, 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 make it difficult for, for Shire. I mean, I hope he does really well. I do obviously, but a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of twists and turns coming, a lot of curveballs coming for sure. Yeah. Now not trying to rub a lot of salt in the wound. (laughs) Were, Were you, were you back? Did you drop, did you did you drop back into Durham for that the final home game uh, against Carolina or you know were you in there I did with- not it was the night of my sister's wedding mm. So um I did not I did not go to that um and were you as salty as everybody else was or did you kind of shake it off or how you how you how you handle that Dana Oh I'm not surprised that Carolina won. I actually thought that Carolina would win before the game even started, to be honest. And there's two reasons for that. One, I have been in Cameron Indoor for senior night against Carolina on, I want to say, like at least three occasions where we, Duke, has lost. Um, In that rivalry, even if Carolina is unseated, you just never know. Like, there's just so much drama and history there that, like, Carolina can often walk into Cameron Indoor and just surprise everybody and so like I'll never put it past them regardless who the coach is what the talent looks like on the team that year I'll never put it past Carolina secondly if they didn't win that game it's likely they would never have made the tournament so they had to win that game Duke didn't have to win that game and in fact I would argue because of the gravity of the night there was so much pressure on that team so much pressure, which I actually think bodes poorly for the for the tournament for them, just to see how they, re, you know, responded under extreme pressure. But like it was Coach K's night; everybody knew it. Everybody was back. The brotherhood was over a hundred, you know, alum of, of Coach K's forty years plus years of coaching. They were back, and I think that that was a lot for those that the young, fairly young squad to take. And I. I I'm not surprised they lost. I'm bummed they lost, but I don't think it takes away from like the monumental weight and gravity of like it being Coach K's last night. Like the emotion was there. Everybody felt it. We all, I watched the ceremony after the game. Like, you know, it was emotional. Everybody stayed at Cameron for it. Yeah, the team lost. Yeah, that sucked. But it was still a beautiful night. There you go. He had to he had to tell everybody to be quiet so he could apologize. He said, "Y'all, quit, y'all hush up." So yeah, I hush up. Feel, I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. And I say the last other thing too, just about that matchup with Duke Carolina. It's fifty fifty basically, a hundred percent of the time. It's fifty fifty. We'll split. And so, like Duke went in and beat Carolina at the Dean Dome. It's not surprising that Carolina came in and beat Duke at Cameron. Like that's just usually how it goes. Statistically speaking, it was bound to happen. Yep, 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 yep. That was, of course, we still got to talk about the hungry fan. Got to talk about home bistro and and all that good mm. stuff you got going as well. You you already know, but 
as two guys nowhere near on your level, but have had dads who were kind of a big deal in our in their area. TB's dad was, you know, chief police in Louisville. Everybody knew him. I know, you know, Mr. Brown was that dude. He was that I'm dude. From, yeah. I'm from a small town in southeast Kentucky, but everybody knew my dad. Everybody, you know, tell him, you know, you know, everybody knew I'm Melvin's son. Everybody knew, but we're not the children of a super agent that's represented every known NBA megastar of our <laughs> lifetime. So we've had this conversation about how, you know, how do you kind of, you not bristle at your, who your father is. How do you become your own person? How do you kind of carve your own niche? TB's like, I don't, didn't want to go into law enforcement. Like my dad wanted to, you know, get a whole different path. Being Dana Falk, daughter of David Falk, has that been hard for you? Have you dealt with that? Or has it been, you know, I'm just, I'm just me doing my thing. Or is it, did you have to get out from under that's David Falk's daughter, that whole thing? Um, uh, there's a lot of answers to that question. This is like a, this is, there's a longer answer. Um, the short version is I still consistently get introduced as David Falk's daughter. And sometimes they don't even say my name, <laughs> even when like, I'm going on a show or I'm doing a thing. They're like, we're joined by David Falk's daughter. So hmm. tell us about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have a name. Um, and that's like, can be a little frustrating, but you know, he's, he's been amazingly successful and he's a legendary sports agent. And he, that by that very fact, it has opened doors for me just in, in the world of sports and bestowed upon me this incredible network of people that I can call upon. So I'm, while of course, I would love to at least be acknowledged by my first name. It's really nice to be able to have that. And I'm really, really fortunate and lucky to be able to have that. So, um, you know, it's good. It's 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 frustrating at times, but it's, it's good. I think it's probably good that I'm a girl and not a boy. <laughs> right. Right. It's so, helpful. Yeah. That's true. And I have all my hair. So. <laughs> like that, Dad. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so I know we, we talked about it before, so I was like, I gotta ask Dana about that when when she comes on. You know, I think everybody like you can choose whether or not you want to have a chip on your shoulder. That's your choice, right? And if you want to carry that chip around. You can do that. That's fine. Or you can use it to motivate you. Or you can just say, like, who cares? I'm going to go live my life. I'm going to do my thing. There are doors that are open to me. Or, like, if I get caught doing something, it might be okay because my dad's police chief, whatever. Like, whatever, yeah. you know. So I think it's really, I think it's your choice what you do with that. Whoever you are, you know, depending on who your parents are. You don't pick your parents. But, you know, if they give you some good stuff, it's your choice what you want to do with them. Or less good stuff, yeah. for that matter. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what my dad always said. It can be a blessing or a curse. It's really up to you. He said, "Because I ain't changing." <laughs> we don't, right. not his, his business. So Y'all are related forever. So yeah, he said, "That's on you." <laughs> I agree. I think it's on you, and I think there's days where, like, you probably struggle. You know, where like there's days where I'm like, "Just use my first name, please." Like, hello, I am a human. I have a name. And I have done things and I have an SCV and I would like acknowledgement. But then there's days where you're just like, I don't care. It's fine. Like I, I'm here because I was given the opportunity by virtue of whatever. Absolutely. 
That makes sense, man. TB, jump in. Don't let me just be. Well, we, I'm, I'm talking. We we okay. all here having a conversation. We're conversating. I'm trying to be self. I'll just try to make sure I don't. I, I, know, I, I, I know Melvin's done. You can... <laughs> <laughs> so the Hungry Fan, which, you know, that's how we first met on Twitter back in the day. Uh, HungryFan.com. Is, is March Madness the the second biggest sporting event behind the Super Bowl when we just think about eating good food, watching games, or how do how do you rank those? <laughs> Honestly, the first thing that just came to mind is like March Madness is the Hanukkah to Christmas, right? Like March Madness is Hanukkah, Super Bowl is Christmas. Really, like, Super Bowl is like the one night and you just go crazy, and Hanukkah is like the eight crazy nights, and like all the kids who celebrate Hanukkah are like, we have a holiday for eight nights. March Madness is like three weeks long. Um, I don't know if that's even relevant, but like that's what I just came up with in my head. Um, I mean, the Super Bowl is the second largest food holiday in America behind Thanksgiving. Americans spend 15.1 roughly billion dollars a year on food and drink for their Super Bowl parties, plus like merchandise and stuff, which is absurd. In terms of popularity for March Madness and food, it's interesting because like, it's a Wednesday night. How many of us are throwing a home gate tonight for these playing games? Like probably not many. And because of the timing of some of these games, it can be difficult. It's usually like me with like a yummy spread on my coffee table in front of my TV, like watching the games on like a weeknight. And it's a school night for a lot of people too. Um, whereas like Super Bowl Sunday is a weekend thing and we build up to it. But that being said, we actually ran a um, snack bracket challenge last year during the pandemic in conjunction with like following along with the calendar of March Madness. And um, unsurprisingly, America's favorites like you know, wings, nachos, queso, which is considered separate from nachos because I guess you dip into the queso, but the nachos, the queso is already on the chips for you. Um, very, very popular dishes and, um, not surprisingly what people are eating in mass for March Madness. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the, the Hanukkah. So you hit us with that. You hit us with that. Well, I just feel like, like, because it just keeps going. Like this is my March Madness is the gift they keep on giving mm-hmm. for weeks. It's- Especially if you're a, a Duke fan or Kentucky fan, because you just naturally assume, you know, we play Kentucky plays Thursday. You assume Saturday, and right. you know, if you're a blue blood, you assume, well, what am I going to do for the Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight? Like you've already right. kind of planned out. Like I don't want to get wings Thursday because I might get them on Saturday. Right. And, exactly. Or and the thing a, is. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. No, you're right. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted you. But I would argue, like, in the event, I remember years ago, Duke lost early to Syracuse. And I got really pissed. I was like, oh, how did we? It was like second round. We lost in the second round. And I was thinking, like, well, I already have my party set up. And I'm not going to not throw my parties. You know, like, I got my 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 viewing party set up. I'm just going to serve a lot more booze. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we just more booze. I'll drown my sorrows in my cups. Yeah, you you go from rooting for your team to just just be. 
I, I say you put your hater on. Like when if, when Kentucky gets eliminated, I'm hating everything else. I'm right. watching, and they're talking about uh, well, Michigan State. I hate Michigan State. You know, I'm eating my wings in anger and and simple little something. Yeah, you just flip that switch. That's all you gotta do when it comes That's to March Madness. You, you just pour some haterade instead. Like you just. A little bit more alcohol, possibly, if that's your thing. I'm not saying, like, alcohol is the solution. But, you know, for me, it's my haterade, and I'll just drink that while mm-hmm. I eat my wings. I'll, and I'll have feelings about it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I'm still watching. I'm not not watching. Just because my team loses doesn't mean I'm not watching. Right. Yeah. Just the frame of mind changes. That's it. Exactly. Just a little <laughs> angry. A little bitter. I'll get over it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some bittersweet chocolate with it or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so you got gear on the website. You got appliances. You got, I mean, tell us, tell us everything you got going on here that you own. So, yeah, right now at Hungry Fan, it's a little bit of a marketplace. Um, we have some amazing tools, grilling tools, cocktail tools, um, some fun appliances that you can um, use to up your game day. And we're actually gonna be launching some experience boxes later this year so that we can actually help deliver more of the experience to you instead of the one-off product. So that's in the pipeline and I'm really excited. We're gonna be um, launching with a major league later this summer um, and um, bringing uh, bringing game day to you at home so stay tuned for that and we're already as you mentioned earlier home bistro we're already sending you delicious ready to eat just heat and eat game day meals we have 11 different yummy uh game day meals that i came up with with uh, in a partnership with a company called home bistro so um i was extremely um honored to follow um iron chef Ket cora um as the she was the first chef ever on that platform i followed um and now there's claudia sandoval we've got richard blaze from top chef and aisha curry is going to be launching soon oh wow okay. yeah yeah so cat core then yourself so legend iron chef and cat core yeah i was like Dana which Falk. one of these doesn't belong cat core data Falk. i was like Dana Falk. <laughs> it's not belong but if they would like me i will happily uh, accept the invitation and create some damn delicious meals that you can uh, heat up at home in your microwave. It's easy. And they're really good. I have to say, like, I worked pretty hard to make sure that with the amazing Home Bistro team, we, we really worked to make sure that it wasn't soggy or icky when you reheat it, that it's like as if we had just cooked it for you. And Richard and Claudia, they got some, they got some good stuff on here. You just click shop meals. And oh, see, yeah. Richard's got this steak and potatoes right here when it first pops up. And Claudia's yeah. got all the Latin cuisine. It is. Oh, yeah. yeah it is. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think there's some desserts on that platform, too. Uh, and I have to say, like, I feel like the Hungry Fan meals are definitely your go to meals for game day. Like, they're the cheap type meals that are not necessarily the healthiest although some aren't bad like there's a couple that are lower in calories but um they are perfect for a weeknight at your coffee table in front of your tv watching march madness absolutely now you mentioned cat core you know my wife and i we like we like a lot of food network shows we like iron chef um speaking of march madness we, the tournament of champions that's on on sundays we, you know we're watching that oh, yeah 
do you do you get into watching those? Do you like watching them? And, and what are some of the coolest shows you you've been on? And when, as far as things like that go, um, I always I, I I really enjoy watch. I mean, like old school Iron Chef too. Like even like the the Japanese ones. Have you ever watched the Japanese ones? Oh, like old old. And then the one like the, when they first launched Iron Chef too. Yeah. Um, with the host, Morimoto cool. and all those guys. Yeah, yeah with Morimoto, yeah. Bobby Flay, yeah. Chef Simon, and Kekora. Those were the first four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the early ones. I always wish that they would have me be a, a guest host. On. I mean, not a guest host, a guest judge. Like, I want to be able to eat. <laughs> 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 like, come on, Food Network. I've been in your offices so many times. Like, just hire me to think. I want to judge. Um. I actually watched, gosh, I remember watching the first season of um, Next Food Network Star, and I voted for Guy Fieri. I voted for Flavortown. (laughs) (laughs) Now he's like everything. But I love his show, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. I love how it promotes, like, the local tiny little hole-in-the-wall spots. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, they're spot on. Like, when you go to, I've been to some of the places that have been featured, and the food is so good. They're no frills, not fancy, and they're delicious. We went to this was this season is old, but Jake's Good Eats outside of Charlotte was one of those places we saw, and we were over there. I'm like, yeah, let's go in there, and it was yeah, everything was yeah. good. I'll start making lists of just stuff in my phone, like if I'm in a certain place, you know, some little off the beaten path place I've heard about, just to try to scratch some of those places off of your off of your list, because you don't know if you'll be there again. Oh yeah, I've been here, and exactly, yeah, exactly. So. Travel and go to Applebee's. Like you can't. Like, I mean, Applebee's is fine, but I'm not going to go to another city and go to something I can get around the corner from my house. Yeah, I'll, I'd rather eat good in my own neighborhood, and when I'm in someone else's neighborhood, I'd like to eat something unique. And, and, <laughs> you know? and hopefully, something that's not going to cost me five hundred dollars. So give me something that's yes. going to be good in my wheelhouse. So I, I exactly we, we like Guy Fieri as well. Yeah. He's fun, you know, he's he's unique. He is who he is, and and that's why I voted for him all those years. I think I was in college when I watched that show. I'm dating yeah. myself, but triple D and triple G watch both of those. Now, look, we all watch sports and look if if Jim Rome was a chef, would he be guy? And if Guy was a sports host, would he be Jim? Are they not like interchangeable <laughs> mob wrong here or I mean, <laughs> Just their personalities, what you personality know. Personality wise, yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I kind of thought about that. Jim Romish and just, oh, this is excellent. And when he's, especially when he's tasting stuff. Mm, oh, oh yeah. Oh, mm, so, <laughs> so I just always thought, you know, if you can swap them out, in, in as far as that goes, you talked about wanting to be a judge on Food Network. Like, I don't know, my, maybe I'm wrong because you know way more than I do. But sometimes, when, you know, these judges. Especially like an Iron Chef or something like that. I mean, these chefs are top notch, or a Beat Bobby Flay, or Chopped, or whatever. Uh, top Chef, that one too. Um, this food is impeccable. They've, you know, they they busted their butt to make it in thirty minutes, and then, and then I'm like, how can you nitpick? Can we really nitpick this? Really? I mean, I'm I sure it's gotta be excellent. Like, are we? Are we really finding that many mistakes? Or are we just doing that for TV? Or what What do you let us in, enlighten us? Having produced a reality show, I can tell you that 
any Food Network show. I didn't put it. It wasn't on Food Network. It was on BET, actually. But um, reality television is reality television. Good TV is highly produced. Everything that you see on reality TV that's a surprise, it's not a surprise. Nothing's a surprise. There's no surprises. Everything's already filmed. <laughs> so um, storyboards are created from what is filmed. Um, a lot of stuff gets like hi- hyped up for the camera. We have to create conflict. Oh my gosh, without any conflict, there's no conflict in the episode. It's boring. So nobody's watching that. Yeah. And nobody's watching that. Like if everything's just great, you're like, oh, okay, everything's great. But like, oh my goodness, like I'm not sure. Did you, did the secret ingredient flavors come through? Oh no, did you forget your secret ingredient? Oh well. Um, as far as Top Chef or like any of the, you know, Iron Chef, like they're all experts. Everybody's do. I mean, the stuff that they're all doing is next level, fantastic. Mm. <laughs> 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 I just want to be there to eat the food because it's all fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Like, I don't know how you pay. Oh, like oh, I'm so sorry. Like it's slightly overcooked by two thirds of one degree. I just yeah. can't. <laughs> The pick, the picking of nits is what happens on a lot of that yeah. stuff. Like, we have to, like when everything's great, they're like, "Look, we have time to fill. Like, you, we need a reaction here. Just give me something." Mm-hmm. And it's probably the producers back there being like, "Just say this," and they're like, "Oh yes, I found a um, an erratic corn kernel." Because <sighs> like, like on on tournament champions, they got the it's all randomized now. You you got to spin the wheel to see what the protein is, see what the vegetable is. Uh, see how much time it is, and then you know some kind of kitchen tool you got to use, and then you you have to do like you know tilapia <laughs> in a blender, and you need to work in some okra, and you have to do it in twenty minutes. It's something crazy, and so then these legendary judges come in, and, and they're like, you know, just I just thought it was a little bit nitpicky, but it's it's fun to watch, and there have been some upsets, just like March Madness. We've had some eight seeds beat a one seeded chef, and it's 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 fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I I just want to be a judge. I just want to eat. <laughs> I don't want to cook. I don't have to. That's a lot of pressure. Not that I don't think I could like deal with it. I think I would do very well. But the opportunity to cook some of these, to eat some of these people's foods, yes, please. Absolutely. <laughs> Your tweet that uh, actually former cat and you've known him too. Rex Chapman was tweeting about your home bistro. You had it pinned. So easy to heat and eat. This is my buddy Dana Fox home bistro line. I've known her since the summer of 1988. Her dad's my long-term rep. She was in kindergarten. So proud. Get, you know, game day food delivered right to your door. So Rex, you know, showing love. Known you since you were tiny and you known him since you were a kid, but how cool is that? I adore Rex Chapman. He's one of my favorites. He's a wonderful human being. He's overcome a lot. And he is uh, A1 in my book. I know I, there was some backlash about him last night on Twitter, which I was not having. Um, I guess some people weren't thrilled about his uh, NCAA March Madness coverage. Yeah. Sorry. Kiss it. I don't care. He's awesome. He got tons of insight. He knows. He, and he's bizarrely polarizing. And yeah. even among the Kentucky fan base, there's yeah. folks that don't that don't mess with Rex because uh, he's spoken to some things about uh, the players kneeling and the different things like that. And he was talking Who about from cares? his own 
Yeah, and he's talking about from his own experience being a Kentucky basketball player, yeah. and, and folks weren't ready for that conversation, which yep. Rex has been almost 40 years since he's been in Lexington, but he's talking about from what he knows, and it, it still upset a lot of people. So yeah. he's very polarizing, and, and I don't get it. Like, I love that you can't shame him for his – his missteps, like he owns everything about that, because there's mm -hmm. always somebody that that brings it up, and he's like, "I own it. I speak to it." Yeah. You know, if somebody owns their mistakes, you can't hold it against them. Like there's there's nothing there. Yeah. So. You know, here's what I'll say. I I never get political. I stay away from talking about politics because it is so polarizing, particularly in the last like four or five plus years. And I think that one of the best things about sports is that it brings people together. You know, you can have people from all walks of life, different walks of life, different creeds, different credos. And on game day, they're all Kentucky fans or they're all Duke fans or they're all insert team here fans. And all of the stuff that they, all their baggage, all their political beliefs, everything gets checked at the door because on game day, it's just about the team and the love of the team and cheering for the team. And I wish that we could just, I realize this is like maybe naive, but like, can we just do that? Let's just do that. Let's not worry about politics. Let's not worry about, oh, you're right leaning or left leaning. Like, let's just talk about like sports and let's enjoy the beauty of sport and let's enjoy the beauty of the competition and the smack talking and all that fun stuff that comes with it. It's all awesome. Let's focus on that. That's the good stuff. That is, <clears throat> that is the good stuff without, and it's, that is fun. That is good. That is, it's fake stressful. You get stressed out about a nail biter in a game, but it's still not the end of the world. Even, you know, we, right. we're devastated if our season ends, if, if Kentucky or Duke go out in the second round, we're going to, it's going to suck. And we're going to be like, oh my God, but we're going to shake it off and be ready for next season. And, and we'll still, Drink a lot and eat a lot as we watch the rest yeah. of the tournament. It's like you said, that's right? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I just bring my gotta get that haterade hater hater juice, but like I'm still there. I'm still there for the party. That's I'm right. Still watching. I'm not gonna take my ball and go home. Yeah. So take my ball and put it in front of the TV and watch the game. <laughs> so did you do a bracket? Do you have Duke going to the storybook ending? How? Well, you said the pressure in the North Carolina game didn't bode well, so. Where That's do you my have your, your Duke Blue Devils? How far are you okay. having them? So I have them playing Michigan State. I think Michigan State will beat Davidson. I think that's going to be a, I think that's going to be a close game. But I love Coach Izzo. Always have, and I, I'm a big fan of his, and he's got so much experience. So I have Duke over Michigan State. I have Duke playing Texas Tech, which I think will be really hard. Honestly, I think that's going to be a tough, tough game. Whoever wins, like whoever, assuming Texas Tech makes it to the second round, I think, I mean, they're just a great team. Historically, they've been a great team. Historically, they've done very well in the tournament. Um, but I have Duke beating them. That was, I was like, do I have them? We're, I don't think they'll make it the whole way. But is it going to be here or is it the next round? And I, I thought on this one for a while. But I think because of the Coach K thing, I think we could probably get through to the next round. So that's the, uh, what, Elite Eight. Mm -hmm. 
But then I think, you know, I think they'll face off against Gonzaga. I remember, what was it, the day after Thanksgiving, we beat them 84-81. We scored, we outscored them in the first half, 45-42. We both scored 39 points in the second half. But that was early Gonzaga. And I, you know, is this Gonzaga's best squad ever, best team ever? Not necessarily, but I think they've gotten better as the season's gone on. And I think they're sort of the presumptive uh uh, favorite here, so I picked Gonzaga over Duke. I was on a I was on a podcast the other day with you know, Duke alum Sheldon Williams, and he was kind of lamenting. We need some some better play on the perimeter. We need yeah. to, our, our perimeter guys to step up. You know, Trevor Keels was great early, as we Kentucky fans know. He was on fire that game one, and he said we haven't really seen that the rest of the way, and so. He was kind of lamenting the same thing. He said, we can get some perimeter play that, that will help us. Because if we don't, he said, we're yeah. good, but if we get perimeter play, we can be really good to great, and we're not right now. So That's the thing. the same thing. Historically, Duke has been a great three-point shooting team. This team is not. Yeah. Historically, like J.J. Raddick going even further back. I mean, we've had great three-point shooting. We don't have that this year. We we shoot bricks. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, so, everybody's good. Everybody has some potential flaws if if they get it closed. But we're we're all gonna sit back and eat good food and watch. Yeah. And come I, on tomorrow I have, afternoon. I have some I have some some upsets here. I, I'm a little like I'm a little unsure about one of my final fours. I have UCLA playing Purdue in the Elite Eight, and right. As of today, I have UCLA beating Purdue. And I think maybe Purdue can do it. I think, what is it like 13% of the Big Ten has a large presence yeah. in this tournament? Nine. Yeah, they got, they got nine teams, especially yeah. the Indiana winning last night. So, yeah, yeah. And so, wow, Boilermakers look pretty good. Right now, I have Gonzaga, UCLA, Arizona, and I have Auburn. I have Auburn beating Kansas. Mm. I mean, I might just, I might have, you know what, the bed here, but whatever. <laughs> no one does well in these things. Exactly. It's, all... it, it's always somebody's <laughs> grandmother that ends up winning these things that is just going off names and mascots. So I like the colors. Yeah, the <laughs> more you pour over it, the, the less likely you are to get it right. Just sit down, take two minutes. I'm... Click, 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 fill in, fill in, fill in, because whoever wins the pot is somebody that has not watched any college basketball since the last tournament. So that's, that's just the way it exactly. goes. Exactly. Exactly. But I will say two thoughts. The Pac-12, are they, first of all, are they going to be the Pac-14 soon? Are we going to, what's happening there? But Pac-12 is relatively not that good this year, but UCLA has, their starting five is the same starting five they had last year. That made it to the final four. And that guy, I can never say his name right. Jamie, I want to say Jamie Jack. Jack oh, yeah. Jacquez, I think. Jacquez, is it Jaime? Yeah. Jaime, Jamie, not Jamie. Yeah. Jaime Jacquez. Yeah, I think that's I'm how sorry it goes. I'm sorry his name, but yeah. people hey, say my name. JJ <laughs> Jr., JJJ, Triple right. J. He's healthy this year, and Baylor's not healthy. Right. right. So. Baylor, so I have I have them taking you I have UCLA beating Baylor and because UCLA this particular team has final four experience 
maybe a little bitter, a little bit of uh, like vengeance to get back there. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. Hey. Probably overthinking all of this. No, nope. like you said. No thought is ridiculous at this time. I mean, I I did one bracket. I had I had Providence going. Everybody's looking at me crazy because they're and I'm like, but we we break it all down and get into it and say, oh, and analyze it. And look, it's it's chaos. Anything's literally pretty much is on the table. Even though we try to say, well, because of this, they can't make it. And yeah, then we'll turn it on tomorrow and it'll be anarchy totally. like it always is. And like, oh, wh- whoa, nobody saw that coming. Well, we should have. Could- I hear you. I mean, like, Sister Jean might bring it again this year. So who knows? You know, <laughs> like, Sister Jean carried out loyal Chicago through two rounds last year. Mm-hmm. I have I, I, I have them playing Villanova and I was like, I'm sitting here. It's like coin toss. I don't know. Loyal Chicago or Villanova? You know, what's Sister Jean up to that day? How's her conversations with the big guy going that day? Yeah, she she's still traveling around. I saw her she's this year. She's still there. She's yeah, like 148 yeah. years old. You know. Yeah, she she made it. I'm I'm I've decamped. I'm in uh, Des Moines, Iowa now. I got married and oh. moved. So uh, Loyola Chicago uh, played Drake. When was that, Vinny? I don't know. Tom, like we said, Tom doesn't mean anything, but she's still. You know, they still got her kind of wheeling around. She's still there. So I think she's Jean's actually. In, She's 97. I think she's 97. Yeah. Is that all? I thought she was 100. I thought she's already over 100. I don't know. I, I maybe. I I'm know. putting she's three or four years on. I'm sorry, sister. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. Sister Jean, she just. Yeah, so she's, she's back. the wheel. You know, you never know. So I'm just saying, like, I still think Tennessee will come out of that matchup, whichever, if it's Villanova or Loyola, Tennessee looks good. They won the mm-hmm. SEC. Yeah, they, they had some big wins. They beat you guys twice. Sorry, mm, Lord have mercy. Mm. Yes, they did. And whew, hate to give them any kind of credit, but they they did. They did. Well, they used to be good, like back in the day, and then it was really quiet there for a while. Their women's team was a solid team, and now they're back. So good for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I gotta give them. I give them credit. They. I didn't see them doing that to us on a neutral court. Look, we we struggled in Knoxville. For 60 years. I mean, you know, Dan Issel and Adolph Rupp had trouble in Knoxville, but I'm like, okay, they won in Knoxville. We'll get them in the tournament. And they 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 clamped us down. We couldn't throw it in the ocean and and you know, yeah. they got us again. You guys gotta come back hungry this this time. You gotta come back hungry. I think you're gonna play Murray State. Murray State's a tricky one. They're what, thirty and two right now? Yeah. And being I haven't a, lost uh, since December 22nd when they lost against Auburn, I believe. Yeah, and, and being an in-state school, it's always it's always a tough game. Thank you, NCA, for that. Yeah, yeah, for always setting that up. Yep. Yeah, you guys definitely got a difficult draw. I think I think you guys got a tough draw. But if you can beat Murray State, well, Purdue though, Purdue's local too. Shoot. You got a tough draw. <laughs> so you got to be ready at this point. Bring well, them whoever because. Yeah. But wait, where's it? It's in, in this year, right? But where's the, I didn't actually check. Where is the Sweet 16? Is it in Indy too? Do they go to Indy for that part? Indy and in Philly, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Philadelphia for the East. So they'll, they'll, be in, they'll be in Philly. But oh, Indy, well, Indy this weekend, Indy this weekend. Yeah, and then 
Philly, Philadelphia. And then Philly. Well, then that doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad we didn't get Villanova in Philadelphia like yeah. some prognosticators because that that would be zero fun to play Villanova mm-hmm. in Philly. Yeah, well, then that's back to Sister Jean. she got to bring it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Better bring it. Better bring the magic bus. Um, that's not even a thing. I just made that up. It's not even funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> We, um, yeah, we have had a blast having you on here. Sorry, it's been seven years since it was whatever it was since we had you on. Has it been seven years? No way. I think it might have been. It might, I, I have to go back and it, look at that. Episode. It, it's it's close because, like I said, we've been doing this close to nine, so it all starts running together after a while. Because I'll just be going back to the archives. I'm like, well, we haven't had this person on, or I'll see a tweet that you'll put out. And I'm like, well, we should get Dana on again. But, you know, things just, things that happen. But I'm glad it worked out this time. Oh, me too, mm-hmm. Wilson. Thanks for having me. I know you got other guests lined up. I can talk about March Madness all night and dissect these brackets to man, like into literal madness, which is why they call it March Madness. But um, I will tell you, I'm going to say, at HungryFan.com, if you check out HungryFan.com, we did a little bit of digging, my team and I, into the history of March Madness why it's called March Madness, where it comes from, and like who coined the term, how did it become the thing, and it's actually still there, Dana. Froze up a little bit. Crazy good. Did I just get? Oh, I froze up for a second. Sorry, there, guys. Oh, I guess oh. that's my cue. It's time to leave. <laughs> <laughs> You had that cliffhanger about the history of March Madness real quick. Uh, check it out. Check it out at HungryFan.com. Okay. I see my, my wife. I literally just moved like a week ago and the Wi-Fi isn't fully set up yet. And that is why it sort of stinks. So my apologies for the bad Wi-Fi and the random dog bark a couple minutes ago. Oh, um, no, it happens. Don't even worry but, about it. Since 2020, that's what we had all these all these shows and podcasts where it is pristine studio quality. After the pandemic, you heard keys rattling, phones beeping, dogs barking, kids crying. It's a look. It is what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a brave it new is. world out here. Brave new world. Well, anyway, check out hungryfan.com for the history behind March Madness, where the term came from. It's it's a cool little story. And um, good luck in the tournament to your Wildcats. Likewise to your Blue Devils. I'll begrudgingly say the to the Blue Devils as well. Yes, exactly. We are thank you. Just honored to know you, and you were kind enough to follow us back and come on here twice now and chop it up. We, I'll we come can't back anytime you'd like to have me. I have it, fun it, with it, you guys. Three, six more years or seven it, years. We'll, we'll, we'll have to do something a little bit more frequent than that. That's right. We'll we'll get to where you're tired of. If you're like, guys, no, it was just a week and a half ago. No, I'm not coming back on. <laughs> Leave me I, alone. I, I can't be a permanent co-host. But Put a Twitter restraining so order on you. <laughs> Maybe we'll do like a spin-off podcast. We can call it like blue and white, since like we all we both have the same colors or something. And we talk That's about right. like other things. I don't know. We'll figure That's it right. out. And, and Vinny, I'm gonna have to get little miss on here too to start talking about cooking and food. I've got mm-hmm. a I've got a young chef on my hands that uh loves to mess around in the kitchen. So uh, oh, well, awesome. she's getting very good. cool. Yeah, very she's cool. getting she's getting pretty good at it. She's mm-hmm. better Foster than that. I am. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. But thank Fantastic. you so much, well, Dana, for hopping on. We guys. appreciate it. Dana. 
Thank, Thank you. So you. I appreciate you. Take care. All right. Take care. Bye. Dana Falk, HungryFan.com, Home Bistro. All kinds of stuff she got going on, man. It is. Yes, Home Bistro Chef and the Hungry Fan. HomeBistro.com, HungryFan.com. Thanks so much to Dana Falk. Just versatile guests. Coming here talking food, talking chef, talking sports, talking brackets. She can cover all the bases. Yeah, that you know that the that food thing is right up our alley. Little Miss, well, I can't say Little Miss. She's thirteen now, so uh, she's she's been uh, cooking for a long time now. Probably, you know, she's been doing meals for about four or five years, probably. Mm-hmm. And so we started off with some basic stuff, and now she's kind of expanded into baking and things like that. So, yeah, all out. all about it. Look out. Here she comes. She's (laughs) well on her way. Well on her way. Sure is. Uh, We got the link sent out to Randy Newman, Big Blue Express. But for y'all who don't know, follow us at Cats Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter. You can watch us on Roku, part of BS3 Network. Uh, BS3, Ben Sutter's the third, has us in there with a bunch of other sports podcasts. There's, you know, Comedy, culture, spiritual, relationships, you know, a whole array of podcasts. We had some guests on. Look, like AJ Jones from the other day was on there with us. Uh, mm-hmm. The network, Houston legend, radio legend came on here talking about Dickie Beal. That's how his Kentucky knowledge is. He's got the bracket contest on CBS where he's giving away $500. I got to fill mine out after this show. Get in there and see. It's a bunch of trash talking people talking about who's, you know, playing for second, like Larry Bird in a three point contest. So I gotta. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Larry Bird. I fill my bracket out, and you know, I might win five hundred dollars. You might win five hundred dollars, TV. So he was telling us about that. So I gotta gotta get in there and click, 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 pick, 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 and and see what see what happens with that. But uh, yeah. we've had some of the fellow BS3 Network podcasters and shows on here. We'll have some more on in the future, and uh, so. Appreciate Ben for having us on as part of that. Shout out to uh, Gatorade. I think you said your favorite was lemon lime TV. You're the lemon lime Gatorade guy. Yeah, I'm. I, look, I, I go back to old school Gatorade. Give me the the three colors that they had in the glass bottles. Like that's my Gatorade. Yes. The, my girls like uh, it's a cherry ice. It's white, but it tastes like cherry. Yeah. I like lemon lime. Like I said, back to the glass bottles. Way back when. See, I don't sing, but you you going back to the Gatorade is thirsty for yeah. that beat down body is thirsty. Yeah, yeah I'm I, I've been Gatorade since before uh, it was be like Mike. I was I was that Gatorade when it didn't quite taste right, but it was better than being thirsty. Yeah, cause see that that lemon lime. We got to bring our guest on because he can talk about this with us. That lemon lime I couldn't get with lemon lime as a kid. I was I was orange and I was fruit punch. But that yeah. lemon lime, it was it was kind of a little thick. It was a little bit weird. And we will bring in, I guess, right now. You can follow him at Big Blue Express. He, you know, taught TB, taught us how to catch basketballs courtside at Rupp Arena when we used to have a game with him. Talk Absolutely. about a buddy. 
Randy Newman of Big Blue Express. Been enough. Look, here we go again. Been too long since we had this person on. We just said it about Dana Fox and the same thing about Randy. And we bring him in right now, man. Randy, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. Excited. It's it's like Christmas Eve. Now you obviously, as we look at your decor there above your head, yes. you're you're diehard, and, and you've been covering the cats like we have, where it's a it's a hobby that became more than a hobby. You love the cats, so here yeah. we are, three years out from our last taste of the tournament. Where are you this Wednesday? To me, it's like Christmas Eve. So where it are is. you right now? I mean, I'm I'm at home. Is that what? As far as physically, I'm home. I'm not. I'm not traveling. It's it hurts to not be there. This is the first time not being at the tournament since 2016. Funny enough, Des Moines, Iowa, was our first NCAA tournament we ever covered. So, uh, I believe that you're familiar with Des Moines now. I I am, and the restaurant where Cal ate, they still have a sign. Coach Cal ate here. I need to get a picture of it. We need to go there. <laughs> It's still a, it's still a big deal. I've talked to a lot of locals, and their whole thing is when because they lucked out. It was Kentucky, yeah. Kansas, and Indiana were all yes. here, and you know the feedback I got from a lot of folks that that came here then was it ain't that bad. Like you know they went to Iowa, yeah. it ain't that bad. <laughs> that's, <laughs> they, that's they the were Calamato. the nicest people. Nicest people, I swear. It was like, yeah. are these? It's like Pleasantville. I was just waiting, it, like, are these really how they are? But, it, it really is. Cause, and I'm, I'm learning firsthand because, uh, you know, after that bowl game uh, that we had, Kentucky, you know, Kentucky mm-hmm. and Iowa, I've been wearing my – as you can see, I've got all kinds yes. of Kentucky stuff. And it's like, yes. oh, heck of a game. Both teams played real hard. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't trash talk people like this. No. Like, you, can't, yeah. you can't go to Mayberry and start trash talking people. So they're, they're great people. So they That's went, right. Iowa people are the best. <laughs> yeah. She's not in the smart. Uber anything. Smart. <laughs> the Iowa people really hit you with the Rasheed Wallace. Both teams played hard, my man, after the bowl game. Yeah, they, they were very nice after the game. I mean, you know, of course they want to win, but for them, they're the most realistic sports fans. And what I mean yeah. is uh, when you look at football and Kirk Ferentz has been here for 20-something years, 10-win season this year, but it was his first 10-win season since like 0203, those Brad Banks teams. But they're like, hey, wow. you're doing pretty good. You know, yeah. like they, they don't want to be Ohio State or Michigan. You know, they they beat Ohio State, Michigan every now and then. Right. Uh beat uh Iowa State like seven or eight times in a row, something like that. Uh-huh. And they're like, hey, that's great. Uh their basketball team, both their basketball yeah. teams win the uh conference, Big Ten conference tournaments, and they're like, this is great. If they make yeah. the final four, hey, if you know, like the most realistic yeah. fans ever, like they're yeah. not expecting, like you know, they're not Kentucky fans when it comes to slightly that. Slightly different like, than, yeah, BB. Except wrestling. Now, Iowa wrestling is a different animal. Oh, yeah. The people is for real. Like they've won 24 championships, eight runners up. They are, it, now that is different. They're real. But everything else, they're pretty good. But enough about me talking, uh, Randy. How are you yeah. guys doing with this? COVID, this everything going on with the yeah. uh, with the world. We're we're doing good. Um, we're you know it's been a crazy. It's just hard to believe. Yeah, that it's basically been three years since 
you know, postseason basketball. I mean, I, I can't. Um, but we're we're doing really well, so I'm just super excited to get. That's something about the NCAA tournament is like Christmas anyway. But having had no tournament for Kentucky for two straight years takes it to a different level for me. Like my excitement is off the charts. <laughs> So looking back on, you know, the nine win season last year and everything that team kind of went through Mm -hmm. before, you know, here we are Wednesday before the tournament looking just back on this regular season. Where are Mm -hmm. you with this team? Because this team to me seemed like this was the perfect antidote to what we did. What we uh, went through last year. You couldn't have, in my mind, drawn up a better remedy for what fans went through last year than this team these players the just everything i mean oscar shibway of course alone would cure he cures a lot of ills but so does these other guys i mean whether it's kellen grady uh severe i i think you know and this team is i know that we're not happy with last week but I mean, it's the SEC tournament. Nothing was going to change anyway, clearly. Even if they won that thing, they weren't getting a one seed. I mean, even though we thought, man, maybe they get a one, clearly the committee didn't care that much about what the SEC did in the tournament. So, you know, I think that'll get their head on straight. They've got all the pieces. They remind me of a really, really good Tubby Smith team, sort of except they also have Tata Washington. But they remind me of whether it's Chuck Hayes, Eric Daniels, um, Gerald Fitch. Like, they've got those veteran, really good players. Um, It's just not your typical Coach Cal team because it's not based on all freshmen. But it's been a lot of fun, though. Um, And and I would say this is this year's team – this is a Kentucky team, right? You're going to have one guy maybe that's in the National Player of the Year All-American mm-hmm. conversation, a couple of All-SDC guys. You're going to finish one or two in the SEC, and mm-hmm. you've got the talent. You're going to go you know, one, two, maybe a three seed in the tournament, and you've got enough yeah. talent to get to that second weekend. Like This is what Kentucky basketball is all about. Yeah, You and I get into it with folks on Twitter all the time sure. when they make – the 2015, the 2012 team, the 96 team, that's the bare minimum. And I'm like, <laughs> right. those teams were good because even by Kentucky standards, you're not going to have nine NBA guys on a team. You're not going to mm-hmm. have the top mm-hmm. two picks in the NBA draft. You're going to have really good college players. And that's what Kentucky basketball has been about for 70 sure. years. Yeah. Yeah. If you put that as your baseline, boy, you're setting yourself up for a lot of heartache i mean me what you want as a fan is for your team to have a chance to make it to that final four and and win a championship because we know even if you have the very best team that does no guarantee that you're going to win the championship i just want my team to be in a position to be able to win it all and then you know, they're not going to every time, but they're going to sometimes. And that's where, in my opinion, Cal has had Kentucky subtract out last year. You know, the COVID year, I think they were ready to go on 
a deep March run. You take the season before, um, P.J. Washington, Hero, that group. I mean, they're an overtime away from the Final Four. Easily could have won the championship. So, I mean, I think the vast majority of his teams have been playing their best in March and had a chance to cut down the nets. So, that's what. So you you're want. not you're not going to run Kyle out of town. Is that what you're saying? No, not if they don't <laughs> win it all this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, I'll be disappointed if they don't make it to the final four. But that's just because I want them to. It's not. Oh, they. I mean, there's just a lot of variables. That's what makes the NCAA tournament so great. Is also what makes it so hard. Is that it's one and done. It's not the NBA playoffs. If it was a best of seven series, Cal would have more than one championship. But it's not. But that's why it's so fun, too. We yeah. wouldn't have had uh, – the Twins wouldn't have made the run probably to the championship game if it was a best of seven series either. Though. Right. So it's a mm-hmm. give and take. Yeah, and, and the point you bring up is is kind of where I am with this team. As a fan, obviously I want them to get to the Final Four. But I want this team – to get to the final four so they get remembered right yeah so we've had yes. a lot of great teams particularly those tubby smith teams that you've talked about that were re- that oh three oh four oh five run those are great yeah. great collegiate teams but they right. get forgotten about because they didn't get to the final four mm-hmm. so i want this season from oscar to be remembered for a final four i want yeah. this team to have that i want this for davion mintz who yeah. uh you know Went through last year, right? Yeah. And I remember one game, I can't remember what team it was, he hit a three in Rupp, and the crowd erupted, and the look on his face was just like like a kid in a candy store, like, yeah. oh, this this is, oh, okay. This okay, is what This about. is yeah. what Kentucky, yeah. So so that, that's that's where I am on that. And so I'm sorry. And, and for a guy like Keon we, Brooks, too. Yeah. Duck, yeah. because, you know, he's – there's every every team has their guys that for whatever reason they whatever you want to call them they draw the ire of the fans and a, a lot of times it's not fair the level that they get it yeah. and i think and for whatever reason keon has been that guy and i don't i don't understand it like i i'm not happy with how every any player plays all the time yeah guys make mistakes but he is more of a positive than he is a negative. That's pretty clear. I mean, yeah. So I would yes. love to see him get to experience something like that because he's went through some, you know, what uh, tough what, times here. What caused that? What ignited that and made it prolong? Is it was he was he did people expecting to be more athletic? Did they expect him to? Is it something with his? It's because when he came I don't in, I don't know. It. The bar was so high, and he just wasn't what they thought. I don't, I don't know what. But what fun you know, his his freshman like. season, he came on at the end, had a good game. You know that last game against Florida. I felt like fans felt positively about him. Um, I think some of it gets mixed in with the terrible season last year. Um, and he was and he, he was hurt. He, he he was hurt. He couldn't play. Mm-hmm. You know, and people get on there conspiracy oh they're not hurt they're protecting themselves i mean i know what he was going through and 
it was a legitimate, it was a legit thing. He couldn't play. And, um, you know, so I think some of that and sometimes some in the media, you know, not pointing any fingers at anybody, but they can <laughs> kind of, uh, zero in on a guy and, and it kind of gets the masses, you know, on that guy. And I know the, the big thing is, well, we don't like the long two pointers and the, oh, all yeah. that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, he, he makes a lot of those and yeah, sure. Time score situation. Sometimes there's a shot that, but there's been plenty of other guys that you're like, Oh boy, that was not the time to shoot that shot. And you know, I think it's one of those things that snowballs because once mm-hmm. the, you know, and again, I don't want to start rattling into cages, but once it's like, well, Keon Brooks is a bad player. And then all yes. you're doing is looking at his bad stuff. And it's like, because mm-hmm. I got into it. I know you all followed me on Twitter. I got into it with folks after the Tennessee game. You know, why mm-hmm. is he taking that three? I'm like, why not? Well, who else? Who's making them? Well, and so it was, well, TB, do you want him taking three? That's not what I said. If it's been 36 minutes and we are one of 19 and the other yeah. shooters aren't getting it done, then, yeah, Keon, take that shot. And, and you're in desperation time it. at that moment, too. You've got to score. I mean, you lose the game. if you. So it is what it is. Like, yeah, yeah someone's got to shoot the ball. Give me the guy that's that wants to shoot it. I mean, yeah. so, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think – it, it's it's hard. I think doing the media stuff changed a lot about how I felt about players. It was a lot easier pre that to say Jared Prickett drives me crazy, you know, <laughs> and he which he he did a little bit when I, when I was back in the day. I'm like, oh, but, absolutely. But but when you sit down in front of them and see them after a game after a loss and how devastated they are. Like, there's hardly anything that annoys me more than, well, they didn't want it, or I've, when fans act as if they're more upset about losing than the players are. And I'm like, it's just not true. You, yeah. I know you're upset that you lost, but those players are devastated when they lose too. They don't, you know, they don't want to go, go out and lose. Yeah. And I've said that to folks, like, until you're six feet away, from an 18, 19 year old trying to figure it out, then I don't want to hear your, these kids don't care because mm-hmm. they, they do. I mean, and, and Cal says, and people get upset, but nobody hates losing more than the players and the coaches. Cause they're yeah. the ones in the gym getting shot ups, doing extra stuff, trying to figure this out. So yeah, I, that, that's my one takeaway from covering it all the times that you and I got to sit courtside and get some loose yeah. balls. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're real, they're real humans that are 18 and 19 years old that, I mean, are in a microwave, you know, it's uh, unbelievably hard. But that's part of why that you look at the guys that go to the league and excel, you know, we've gotten to know Emmanuel quickly and his family and and in just talking to them this past year, you know, he's had some struggles this season, um, went through a cold stretch. And, you know, Knicks fans are BBN on steroids. 
Yeah. But, but, you know, what he said is, I survived Kentucky. I can survive this. You know, you go through, if you make it through Kentucky, you, you can, you know, you're ready and prepared to go through what you might go through in the NBA, even if it struggles. So, so it prepares guys too, but man, it can be brutal sometimes. Yeah. And I was, I think I was on the Knicks podcast last year and they are, they are like us, but it, the goodwill quick had mm-hmm. with us that yes. does not matter at all. It's what no. have you done when you got here? What can you do? What you got? Sure. I mean, okay, we drafted him out of Kentucky, but now look, we, it's all about what, mm-hmm. what are you going to do for the Knicks? It was, and I was just listening yeah. to it and I was like, oh, wow. And I was getting yeah. perspective. I was like, it's tough. Like, it's tough. It's crazy. <laughs> Before, before we, I know you got a little time thing. I understand. Let's oh, yeah. talk oh. through this bracket. Okay, uh, Randy, I've, I've got my bracket here. So, so uh, starting in the West, Gonzaga is yes. your is the one seed. Um, mm-hmm. well, who do you ha- do you have Gonzaga coming out of there? I have them to the Elite Eight, and then I have them getting beat. I'm still. I think Gonzaga's good. I don't know that they're as good as they were last year. Um, I think their guards aren't as good. I mean, Holmgren is a legitimate talent for sure, but I've got them getting beat by Texas Tech. I mean, so I have Texas Tech beating Duke. So, you know, it's one of those you're rolling the dice at some point. But I think they play a physical, tough defense. And if they made it to a matchup with the Zags, it could be interesting. The, the thing about Gonzaga that I've watched in their losses is they've got a if you've got a physical big mm-hmm. that can just rough up Holmgren, yeah, that kind of takes them out of his game. That's how Arkansas beat them with uh, is it it's not Note in Arkansas, no, they, Jalen uh, Williams is a big guy, J- yeah, Williams yeah, no big guy. Alabama beat them also. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Alabama, Alabama beat them, they had that, they had that big guy. Uh, that's how Duke yes. beat them. That's how St. Mary's yeah. beat them. Right. Because if you can physical Holmgren, and if you can out talent, uh, yeah, uh, Timmy, all the dude with the headband, Timmy, yeah, because yeah. yeah. he's 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 skilled, yes. but he's not an athlete. Right. So if you can do that, I would like kind of love to see. I Oscar got Memphis beating them in Holmgren matchup. Well, Memphis is a terrible matchup for them. I think Memphis putting um, guns out. That's if Memphis will win the first game, which who knows? But if they match up, yeah, Gonzaga might smash them. But Jalen Duran is a he's exactly that a big yeah. athletic guy. Right. Um, I think that that I didn't have the guts to uh, to pick it, but I'm like <laughs> that is definitely you know, and I wouldn't tough, be surprised. Match up. No, no, because, no, because because uh, you know. You know, full disclosure, Mama B is a Memphis State alum, so we still say Memphis State. Yeah. But since Penny had that blow up, yeah, where he yelled at everybody, and you yeah. kind of thought, okay, this is the end. Memphis yeah. has been playing real well. They pulled it together. Yeah. And, and somebody mentioned to me this yesterday, they've got that 2014 Kentucky feel where it was rough, mm. people wrote them off, but they still got dudes. And so yeah. if they can get a little bit of momentum going. Like if it's close at halftime and it's Gonzaga mm-hmm. and Memphis, yeah, I'm gonna like the Tigers' chances. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and in March, I think 
And that's part of why when you look back in hindsight, say the 2011-2014 teams, you look at some of the matchups that were supposedly not in Kentucky's favor. You know, just take 2011 back to that Ohio State team. Well, now that you look back on it and you're like, Terrence Jones, Brandon I, you know, Deron Lamb. I mean, who did Ohio State have? They had Jared Solinger, but, you know, what kind of NBA career really did he? So talent-wise, some of those teams, when you actually look back, you're like, yeah, that Kentucky team was just a lot more talented. And you get to this point in the season, give me the guys that have the pro potential and stuff like that because at some point that starts to shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. So looking at the South, Arizona is the one seed. Uh, Who is that? Uh, Villanova is the two. Who do you have yes. coming out of there? Who's who's jumping out at you in the South region? Well, um, I know Zona is a trendy thing, and I have them getting beat by Houston, which I almost picked UAB to beat Houston in the first round. So, <laughs> But I have Nova coming out. Um, I have Nova beating Tennessee. You know, I'm not a big believer in, oh, this team's playing well right now. They're hot. Everything flips once you get to the NCAA tournament. I think Tennessee's playing really well, and they're very good. But I think Villanova is – they've got those veteran guys. They've kind of been through the wars, um, and they're going to be hard to beat. So I actually have Villanova going to the championship game. So, And and see, with me, I've got zero faith in Illinois – Oh yeah, the the cicadas of the college basketball season—they're only good every sixteen years. Uh, you know, there's there's Tennessee. Zero faith in Tennessee in the postseason. Right. History has has proven me to be factual. Only one yes. eight ever. So right, you know, right, uh, exactly. And and you know, I think Chattanooga beat Illinois in the first round. That's just me. Yep, me yeah, too. It, it's very Illinois has got no guard play. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. I, I went and, ahead and put, picked Illinois over Chattanooga just because I thought, well, they got upset by Loyola Chicago last year. Maybe they'll make it a, a game or something. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I have no – Villanova was the only team I felt like I had faith in because even though Arizona's had a great season, I feel like they're not completely tested. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel that way. Um, and I don't think the Pac-12 the Pac-12. Is, is, yeah. is all that great. But, I mean, I know they had a run last year. So, but anyway. But so that's all those Big Ten teams Nova. in the South, mm. Illinois, Michigan, Ohio State, there's a good chance all three of those lose in the first round. Very good. Yeah, I don't have Ohio State or Michigan winning, which I know Michigan's a trendy pick over Colorado State. But I just, I don't know. I'm not a believer. I'm not a believer in the Big Ten this year. No. I mean, I think you've got, you know, a couple definitely at the top that are are good, but I think a lot of them are not. They're all kind of mediocre. So yeah, yeah. I think a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of them get plucked in the first round. They they'll have yeah. nine, and then they'll be lucky to have four. four five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna be uh, maybe, yeah, maybe two or three make it to the next weekend. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, crazy. Definitely. Now, the Midwest is probably who do you have faith in? And I've got look. There's 16 teams 
there are eight teams in three weeks. If you told me this team made it to the Final Four, I'd be like, that tracks. Do I have yes. faith in Kansas? No, I do not. I've, I've seen right. self coach in March. I do not. Do you yes, have faith in I Auburn? I, I don't because they're guards. Like, <laughs> zero faith in Auburn. Zero faith in Auburn because when they lose, they don't go to Jabari Smith. And right. Auburn, their, their guards just aren't good enough. I mean, they're, you know, I've seen SEC teams have guards that shoot them out of games in the past anyway. You know, I feel Florida. like LSU would have Big Baby Davis and these big guys, and it's like, what what are you yeah. doing? Why is Garrett Temple shooting everything? Although yeah. he's had a long NBA career. But, yeah, I have no faith in Auburn. I just don't. I have them losing to USC. So, I, Me too. I, I mean, I Me just too. don't. I, I think Jabari Smith is really, really good. Walker Kessler is very good. But Katie Johnson, I mean, your point guard is, I mean, Winter. which great from EKU. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm like, yeah, I just don't, I don't trust that. And do you trust Wisconsin? I mean, Johnny Davis, is he healthy? No. Um, Iowa is kind of like Tennessee. They're coming off this hot streak. But, so I, I have Kansas in the final four, and I hated it. But I, also, I, I wanted to have a one seed because I had no other one seeds in my final four. And I think a one seed has at least one one seed, seed made it to the final four like every year. So yeah, Kansas ended up being my one one seed. But I, I, they could get beaten the second round, and it wouldn't shock me at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm going to go semi-homer with Iowa coming out. Simply because well, you might as well. They've they've got Keegan Murray, and he is a twenty plus point a game scorer, and he set a record in the Big Ten tournament yeah. this past weekend yeah. for points scored. And they don't play defense very well, right? But they've got a dude that can go get buckets. And I think if you've got a dude that can go get buckets, mm-hmm. and I, and I think you kind of have that with a lot of these teams. You've yeah. got uh, Abaji on Kansas mm-hmm. that can kind of do a Danny Manning, Kimba Walker, like, I can yeah. get just three games, right? Yeah, right? Murray for Iowa can get you three games. Jabari Smith for Auburn, if they yeah. feed him the ball, can get you three games. Now, they can just as easily yeah. not do that, which is right. my whole yeah. thing How is – How can you go ten minutes or something? You shouldn't go five minutes without Jabari Smith getting the ball. I mean, he yes. basically plays like a guard anyway. I mean, it should be handling they don't, the ball. And, and they don't do it until it's two minutes left and they're down yeah. by 20 points. And now they're force-feeding him the ball, and he's delivering. And if I'm Bruce Pearl, it's like, why are you not doing this sooner? Why are, and, why are you not? Not to get on Bruce Pearl because I like Bruce Pearl for the SEC. I think he's a great coach for the conference. He gets teams in the tournament. He gets players. He motivates guys. But I don't think Bruce Pearl is a, a great coach in as far as the whether it's the in game or the NCAA tournament stuff. I mean, he had the Final Four, yes, um, but a lot of those other teams that he's had, whether it was back to Tennessee and things like that. I mean, they were not advancing, and I don't know. So I'm also just not a big believer in Pearl. Um, doing what he needs to do to get his teams to advance. Um, so, 
yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Now the East, I will assume, and this might be a good assumption, yeah, that uh, that we got Kentucky coming out of the East. But is there, or are there teams yeah. where you're like, if we can avoid them, great. Now that being said, you got to play anybody, right? But is there right. a team where you're just like, I, um, you know, I don't know. Purdue is so bad on defense that that helps me feel better. The only thing that does worry me about Purdue is just the number of bigs that they have. Um, kind of like Tennessee having just a you know rotation of just big guys to throw on Oscar. As far as the Edie dude that's seven four, I don't worry about him too much because I think Oscar would just run him to death. I mean, I would yeah. just tell Oscar, you sprint the floor, that guy can't, you know, he can't keep up with you. You get down there and dunk it before he's ever back on D. So, but still, and, and Ivy is really good. I mean, he's he's a legit player, but their defense is so poor that it still, um, but I would, I would prefer them to get upset before Kentucky plays them. But, and they probably will because it's Purdue. I got Virginia Tech knocking them out. Yeah, and that's very possible. I was close to that. I have Virginia Tech beating Texas. Um, yeah, I I have I have Baylor going out to UCLA. Um, yeah. I know Two. Baylor has athletic bigs and stuff like that, but especially with the news that Cryer is going to be out for at least this weekend, you know, it's very possible that they could get knocked off. Um, UCLA doesn't worry me a ton. I know that seems like we've struggled with UCLA lately, and I know Mick Cronin, um, he likes to – which I don't think that's his MO as much at UCLA as it was at Cincinnati, but he really would grind the game down. And those grinder games always end up closer than you want to be. But kind of like Mark Fox at Georgia, he would always play Kentucky – to a grind in a close game, but Kentucky always would win. I mean, it'd be the SEC tournament. We'd end up beating them by seven or something, but um, he'd keep it close. But So I've got UCLA, Kentucky, and the Elite Eight. Um, I don't know. What do you all think about Murray State? Is that something that – is that all concerning it, to you? It, I tell you, you know, when you look back and was it 2017 – it was mm-hmm. Northern Kentucky in the first round, 2012. It was uh, Western, uh, I think, in the yeah. first round. Uh, it was Eastern, Eastern one year too. in 2005. And Eastern, yes. probably more recent than that. But, look, yeah, I, think I hate it. Them up twice. Yeah, I hate yeah. I hate that. that. That just makes me mad because yeah. it takes away Kentucky fans' ability to root for Murray State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, after – I think they'll still in 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 Indy. They're going to root for Murray over San Francisco. I think that will be a boost for Murray. It's just the Kentucky fans in attendance will still root for them in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the in-state schools. That's why you know Duke may get put out by Davidson if Davidson gets yeah. by Michigan State because I know Davidson has been trying to play Duke and Coach K has been ducking them. Yeah. So mm-hmm. playing in-state schools, you know. Kenneth Fareed yeah. and Moorhead a few years ago, right? Putting putting yeah. Louisville out. It, it's not fun if you're the if you're the right. And Murray program. is the same way. You know, Murray they've in their mind, you know, have wanted to play Kentucky for a lot of years, and Kentucky won't, you know, 
they won't come to Kentucky unless Kentucky goes to Murray, I think is yeah. the whole thing. And mm-hmm. Kentucky's yeah. never going to go to Murray State. I mean, because nope. that is a not, that is a no win situation, you know, I feel like. But anyway, yeah. you know, I think Murray is a good team, but um, I don't worry a ton about that. Um, so, yeah. I've got Kentucky in the Final Four. Got them in the championship and winning it. So yeah, I, I do too. Me too. You know, and that obviously we all know that's no guarantee of anything. But I feel like they have. As what what team do you have just complete faith in on this on this sheet? I I can't find anybody yeah, <laughs> that I would I say, can... yeah, you know, I, I find some that I'm like, yeah, they're going to win some games, but you know, the effort that you're going to get from Kentucky. And that's something that the fans I think really like about this team is, you know, you're going to get a hundred percent effort. You know what you're getting from Oscar. Sure. Could he get in foul trouble? Can they miss shots? But all things considered, they're going to have a shot to win every game they're in. And and that's the my takeaway from the Tennessee game. Kentucky did not shoot nearly good enough or well enough. My mother, the English teacher, going to be mad at me. They didn't shoot well enough to have it down to a one-possession game with like yeah. a minute left. Like, as bad as they the, shot. It was the worst-case scenario of games is what they played. You lost Oscar over halfway through the first half. I mean, he fouls out. Um, they can't make any shots. All everything was pretty terrible, and they still somehow ended up in a one possession game. If they corral that defensive rebound, who knows what happens? Um, yeah. So, so give me a, yeah. give me that team that when Oscars fouled out, when your shooters aren't shooting, your dribblers ain't dribbling, but you're still in the game. Give me that team because. Yeah. You know, we've been around long enough to see Kentucky teams have some weird losses, but then oh, turn yeah. it on. You know, so and yeah. that's my thing. Kentucky fans got to stop being scared. Like yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at uh, all the stuff you got above your head, Randy, and and yeah. Vinny, all your stuff. Like, say it with your chest, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's March. Like, why are Is we Alabama like Alabama that scared? Are they that scared? You know, in football, is Alabama? Are there? I don't feel like it. I don't feel no. like Alabama fans are like constantly terrified. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you're Kentucky. You know, we just we beat good teams before. Point. Yeah, we we yeah. beat the Dukes of the world. We beat North Carolina in the tournament. We beat UCLA in the tournament. We beat good teams. Say it with yeah. your chest, man. Like yeah. we're Kentucky. Beat Kansas for a championship. So yeah, right. Yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah i'd say yeah and and that's one thing that I, about john calipari that i really that that is a difference between him and say rick patino when he was at kentucky is cal wins he he gets his team to win a lot of different ways and guys you know fans would well i wish we would just run all the time or i wish I want him to shoot more threes, or I want him to do this or that. But Cal can win those grinder games that you are going to have happen in March. Um, where, you know, 
that was a different time. The game was different, but you know, Rick Pitino at Kentucky, as good as he was, if you got Kentucky into more of a grind, took them out of that full court up and down game, you could beat them um, because to a degree they won, you know, one way was how they won. Um, and there's a lot of teams, I think, that are that way. You know, obviously Virginia, who's not in it, I, whether you call it a gimmick or what, but I, you take a team that only has one way to win, then the, everything has to go just right for them, which think about Virginia winning that championship that they won. Everything. I mean, I've never seen more crazy stuff happen. But yeah, that game against Purdue. You take teams, my, yeah. Yeah, that have one way to win. Well, they can just outscore you. Or they, where Kentucky, you want to grind it with us? Fine. You want to run with us? Okay, Indiana, you run with us. We'll just drop a hundred and whatever we dropped on you, you know. My, my, favorite, my favorite game on the cow when the referee is like, y'all just play. And Indiana's like, we're going to run. I'm like, if okay. you want to, I mean, if, I wouldn't, yeah. but if you want to, knock yourself out. You yeah, exactly. So, so I'm going to try to just enjoy this tournament and enjoy the run. You know, obviously, I want Kentucky to go as far as they can. Um, but I'm going to try not to put the pressure on mentally, you know, the 2012 or 2015 being a couple that – Almost I didn't feel like I was able to completely enjoy because I'm watching the games thinking just don't lose. Where you take the 2014 and 2011, how fun, or 1998 even, how fun (laughs) those were because you felt like they weren't necessarily supposed to win. So, well, especially 2014. So you're like able to fully just enjoy those wins instead of being scared of losing. So I'm going to, I'm trying to enter this without having just this fear of, Oh, they're going to lose or what if they lose, just, just let them play and watch it and enjoy it. You know, we've missed the tournament so much. (laughs) And and appreciate the season Oscar's doing. I know you keep track and been keeping track of his rebounds and and everything and just enjoy this team. and, and that's been my frustration. It's like yes. people that still bring up the nine wins or it's people that are like, well, who is Shane Sharp going to play? Back. Who's coming next year? It's like we got Let's a couple of weeks just to enjoy yeah. this team. Like at most six more games. At most. Yeah. That's you know? it. Yeah. And, and we're seeing a guy put up rebounding numbers that are better than anything in my lifetime. And I'm an old person. so Yeah. Better like, than anything in – I mean, maybe if depending on how far they go, it may end up being better than in our parents' lifetimes at Kentucky. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so that's just crazy. appreciate it. Just appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we don't want to keep you. I know you gotta you gotta yeah, pick up I, I and gotta, drop off and everything. Yeah, I've got I've gotta make a rent to the dance studio. I understand. But we appreciate Before you, I go Randy. dancing tomorrow. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> See what you that, did. That, there, that's man. media thing. That's, that's, that's layering yes. and all that kind of stuff. But uh, Big Blue Express on Facebook and Twitter, really great to have you on, Randy. We certainly appreciate it. And we'll be on those Twitter streets watching the cats uh, tomorrow. Definitely. All right, we'll, guys. We'll get you back on a lot sooner, too, Randy. Yeah. Thanks, good. Randy. We'll have a good one. <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. All right. See you.
Appreciate it, Randy. Uh-huh. Randy Newman, Big Blue Express, Facebook and Twitter, like you said. Just just be excited for noon tomorrow and then 710 tomorrow and just enjoy it, like you said. And that's, and, that's the way to do it. And and that's my thing is we, we get to this point and I've heard people say, you know, if we don't make the final four, it's a failure. It's it's whatever, whatever. Well, mm-hmm. no. Uh, Kentucky definitely has got to get to that next weekend. But then weird things start happening, right? Uh, there was an article in The Athletic, Roy Williams, talking about that 97 uh, Kansas team. And he considered that a, a, a big failure. So, you know, my point forever and ever has been it's not just a Coach Cal thing the teams that are supposed to win don't win. Every mm-hmm. coach has at least one or two teams where you go back and you're like, how did that team not win? Like, how did, you know, Rayful Friends, Paul Pierce, and Jock, how, like, how did they not win? Like, it doesn't compute. They were 37-2, and two, whatever it was. How did that team, and, you know, poop happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what has made Kentucky, Kentucky is – more times than not, we get the breaks. The We've been, you know, I've heard people complain about the, the injury bug. Well, you know, we had a long stretch where we didn't have a lot of major injuries, you know, but sometimes those things happen. Or sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way. Like sometimes that just happens. Uh, when you look at, you know, the devastating loss of 2015, the devastating loss of 2014, the beauty of being Kentucky is you can come right back. I mean, how many programs can have a non-win season and come back and be one of the favorites to win the whole thing the next year? Yeah. Not too many people, not too many programs can do that. Yep. Right? You know, I, I tell people, you know, the Christian Leitner shot, you know, I got my Unforgettables uh, shirt on. Uh, it it hurt, but then, you know, a few years after that, you go to three straight title games. Like, there's so much good for Kentucky basketball that looking for the bad it's mind-boggling. You know, Kentucky basketball makes me drink. Makes me drink champagne. Like, what What are you talking about? And uh, it, it, they, they keep coming out with, uh, since Cal's been here, Kentucky still has more tournament wins than anybody else, and they've missed two whole tournaments. <laughs> that goes to show you that when they're in the tournament, they do pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. So, so, so focus in on the, well, they didn't win the whole thing. Well, We've only won eight in 80 years. Like, and I refuse to believe the other 72 were complete failures. I refuse to live in a world where 38 and one is a failure. I refuse. Mm-hmm. I refuse to live in a world where 2014 and Aaron Harrison's heroics were for naught. I refuse to live in that world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's so many moments that you can go back to that aren't necessarily championship related. Yep. That's the beauty of Kentucky basketball. I talked about, I've talked at length about uh, Joe Crawford's last game against Marquette. I think it was 06. That Kentucky team wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But, and Marquette was going to win, but Joe gave us 36 and left everything out on the court. That, that give me, give me some memories like that. You know, uh, you know, Aaron Harrison shot weren't for championships, but, did you scream when they he hit the shot over Michigan? I did. I, I jumped up and down when, when Brandon Knight hit the shot against uh, Aaron Kraft, Ohio yeah, State. But, 
what Ivy League school was it? Was oh, it was Princeton? Was it Princeton? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. You know, give give me give me some of those moments and just enjoy it. And you know, uh being here in Iowa kind of removed from the Kentucky ecosystem, uh th these fans are just more appreciative of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh you know, I've made fun of how uh teams like Auburn have celebrated their SEC championship, right? With all the confetti and everything like that. And in retrospect, we should probably do more for the SEC champions. Like I understand the the goal, but winning a conference championship, it's hard to do, mm -hmm. and they are special. No, but you know I know that they're not going to have a reunion for the Tubby team that won in two thousand five. Like they're not going to have a reunion for that team. I get that, but I do think we should hopefully after last year take a step back mm. and say you know what. We've got it pretty darn well. Because when you talk to fans of other teams, you know, I know rival teams aren't going to be honest, but when you talk to, you know, Iowa fans are like, yeah, y'all are ridiculously good. Like, <laughs> the, the, you know, like, <laughs> you know, the stuff that we're casual about, like, yeah. you mm -hmm. know, there are 300 Division One basketball teams. And I would say all of about three, their fan bases would sign on to what Kentucky has in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Maybe not Carolina, probably not UCLA. But other than that, if folks was honest, <laughs> they would want what the Cats have. Yeah. And so we should be appreciative of that because, as we saw last year, it's not guaranteed. Yep. That's and, what. And as, as we saw with uh, Indiana, you know, sometimes <laughs> you have to play that play again game. Good for them in the play-in game. Good for Indiana. Good for them. That's a good, good, good job. They good job, the, good effort. Beat the Wyoming Cowboys. Congratulations. So it's yeah. Rutgers, Notre Dame, and Wright State and Bryant tonight. And uh, the field will then be set. So um, what about your boy, Tom Brady, uh, retiring? <laughs> Number one, it's election Sunday. There's a lot going on. Number one, uh, my youngest texted me the other day that told me she's a Tom Brady fan. So mm. I don't know where I went wrong. Because <laughs> uh, somebody said, well, you know, she's front running. And I said, well, as a kid that grew up in the 80s and as a 49ers and Lakers fan, I'm not going to get on her. <laughs> Because she's front running. Hello, I, that's not the angle I'm taking. <laughs> as I got my Lakers at forty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, look, my whole thing is with Tom Brady. He should have announced it earlier in the day because it really put the ESPN folks because they were talking to uh, Providence's coach. I can't think of his name now. Uh, and asked him about it. They were talking yeah, about cool. the bracket. Do a uh, coolie, coolie, coolie. Cool, yeah. So you know that, and and I look, and I said that not because it was going to take away. They're going to talk about Oscar in Kentucky. They're going to. I'm talking about their teams that their season is already made because they made the tournament. You're taking the oxygen away from those discussions. Like you know, Arizona's going to get talked about. Gonzaga's going. Duke is going to be Duke. I'm talking about the Murray States and those teams. Uh, but but Brady, look, this narrative 
where we are like, you know, folks got to give it up before, you know, because we don't want them to embarrass themselves. And the more you think about it and you're like, who whose legacy is ruined because they stayed on too long? I'm a Jerry Rice fan. And the last thing I think about is how he got cut in training camp with the Denver Broncos. Like, that's not my memory. You're an Emmitt Smith fan. Do you think about when he was getting two yards per carry in Arizona? No. The great ones, it's it's one of those things where, like, oh, you remember really, Willie Mays for the Mets? No, no. That's, you know, people throw those things out, but it's not really what we remember. And we all actively forget Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Like, we just, you know, the last dance came out. We said, oh, that's the last dance. <laughs> for, like, we don't even acknowledge that, right? So, Besides every now and then on Twitter, somebody putting a picture of Akeem and a, 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 a Raptors jersey. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody else. Ain't nobody thinking about that. No. So for me, he was good last year. Tom Brady was good. They mm-hmm. did not lose that game because of him. Right. Against the Rams. The defense didn't do it. He mm-hmm. did his job. He left the field. The game was tied. Yep. So keep playing. <laughs> you know, keep playing. Like, uh, folks that was talking about uh, Vince Carter, like if he's still doing it and people want to pay him, keep doing it. Like I, I don't know where we want folks to have this, 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 this fantasy of guys retiring, you know, just kind of out of the blue. The only thing that I can remember is Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson. That's because they looked around the line like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, oh, I, st- I still got to play with them. I don't want to do this. Uh, Jim Brown left the Browns because he-, he was making movies. And Art Modell said, you come back, I'm going to find you. He's like, I'm out. Like, But other than that, who else just walks away when they still got stuff to prove? Most people, it's because they physically can't. You know, Troy Aikman, I've been hitting the head too much. You know, uh, Joe Montana physically couldn't do it anymore. Very rarely do you just see people be like, oh, I'm good. You you go until your body gives out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the thing with me as a Kobe Bryant fan, he could have walked away with the Achilles tear. Nope. Any, anything post-Achilles tear, you know, his last, it was a, a bunch of mediocrity until his last game, and he gave us that moment. But other than that, he didn't do anything after the Achilles tear that would that would change his legacy. Yeah. If Tom Brady comes out and he plays like Jimmy Garoppolo next year, no one's going to mention that before the seventh Super Bowl. Like, no one's going to mention that. Yeah. that that's, that's ridiculous, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not how things work. And so if people want to keep going, and I remember – uh, Jerry Rice talked about when he left the Raiders, he said, I still want to play. I'm going to keep playing until there's nothing left in the tank because when it's over, it's over. Mm-hmm. And you can't go back. And so I, I think you hear more regret from the guys that think they retired too soon than the guys that stayed too long. That's true. <clears throat> the guys that think they retired too soon, there's some bitterness there. But the guys that hung out, like, I gave everything I had 
there was literally nothing else for me to do. So, uh, you know, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, whatever. But for me, other than the announcement during the selection show, or yeah. right, Kentucky got announced. Other than that, I don't care. I mean, I'm not a Brady fan. I can't. I can't knock him. Uh, but if he want to keep, if he if he want, and that's the thing is, like I said, if he wants to keep playing, nothing negates all those Super Bowls. Nothing. Yeah. Like it doesn't take away. You know, Jordan getting stripped in a Wizards uniform doesn't take away. <laughs> what he did in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Emmett, you know, fumbling in Arizona doesn't take away any of that stuff. Like Just like Jerry getting cut in Denver, uh, you know, being the sixth wide receiver in Seattle, that don't change who he was. Mm-hmm. Like, like Vince Carter playing 10 years after that dunk contest he gave us, you know, yeah. that doesn't change how awesome that dunk contest was. So, you know, and the thing is, with sports fans, you have to realize it ain't your money that Buccaneers are paying. Mm-hmm. And it's not, quote, unquote, your legacy. What do you care? That's true. And he was talking about wanting them to play to 45 anyway. And, I mean, you're right there. If that's something you want to do and he's still capable of doing he turned 45 in August. Go ahead. And I was like, oh, even when he, when he announced he was retiring, I was like, oh, I thought he's going to be that close to 45 and and not. <laughs> and, and he's earned the right to have a stinky season. He's earned that right. You know, he, like I said, even if he comes out next year and he's throwing the ball away like Jameis did in Tampa, uh, he, he's, he's earned that right. Uh, for me, and I'm not going to call Tom Brady old because he's two days older than me. So I'm not going to call him old. But uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I tip my hat to him. He'll, he's still doing it at a, a fairly high level. Uh, and like I said, if he still wants to do it, What's you know, why not? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now his you know, his dad saying the, the media did it, that was, that was kind of funny. I mean, Look, Tom Brady wants to be the center of attention, and I don't look. I don't not. I I don't blame him. Uh, you know, well, this guy wants to be in the news cycle. Yeah, they all do. They all get addicted to that, and that's the thing too, is when you retire, you just become that other group of retired quarterback, mm-hmm. and 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 you there's no spotlight. Yeah. Like you know, when we were during the All Star NBA All Star game, they brought out that 75 team, and at one point in time, every one of those 75 was the dude in the NBA. Mm-hmm. But when you get out of the shadows, ain't nobody talking about that. That's just the nature of how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, Lakers fans, we, you know, well, Kobe's probably a different story, but we're not talking about what Kobe was doing. Not like, we're looking at this dumpster fire we got right now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So that's just that's just the way, it's the, it's the way it works. And I've heard a lot of athletes talk about it's not so much the games that they missed playing and all that kind of stuff. It's that you matter when you're an NBA player. You matter when you're an NFL guy, and you don't matter as much when you move on. No. Because with Tom Brady, is it you know, his next step, is he going to is he going to get into the booth? Maybe. I I I don't know. I don't see him doing what like the stuff that Peyton Manning does. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like he doesn't seem as charismatic. Like for Brady, 
it's all about the winning. But there's nothing really to Tom Brady that you'd be like, wow. Like, he makes the smart play, but it's not always the dazzling play. That's been the hallmark of Tom Brady. He doesn't have the histrionics of Peyton Manning. He doesn't have all the uh, the down-home, all-shucks, good old boy of Brett Favre, right? Like, he's, you know, he doesn't do those crazy throws like Patrick Mahomes. He doesn't have the cannon of, of Dan Marino, but he always makes the right play. Mm-hmm. But but that's boring. That's vanilla toast. It's like, like, it's like what Dana was talking about. You, you'll watch reality shows for the train wreck or the drama or this, you know. You, you know and, and, and Tom is just consistently – Right. He's been and that, this is it. That's, and, that's it. And, you know, and I don't know. And, and the thing, too, is if you're going to be the quarterback or a quarterback that's going to go into broadcasting, Romo has moved that bar, right? Uh, Troy Aikman uh, kind of said it. And then Romo came, you know, came up. Uh, must be something about those Dallas QBs. Absolutely. Absolutely. For, for Romo, it was watching a lot of Super Bowls. For Troy, it was playing them. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> true. But, Very true. I look. I tried watching the Joe Montana thing on Peacock, the Joe Montana documentary. The dude's not interested. Mm. Like, and I love Joe. Look, look, I love Joe Montana. Forty nine. Like, I, but he's just not interested. So, and that, and, and he kind of realized that. So he's kind of like moved back. But what is what is Brady going to do? Yeah. Is he going to be? Is he going to sit on the sidelines while Giselle's doing her model walk? I, I don't know. Like we make fun of athletes because it's like, oh, he came back because he want to mess with them kids. A lot of people that retire, it's the same kind of thing because in America, you are your job. You meet somebody. What's your name? Well, what do you do? Yep. Like that becomes that becomes the thing, and so I'm not going to get on athletes because. They missed that. It was tough when my dad retired to go from chief to sitting around. Like, you know, he's used to walking into rooms and people paying attention, and it, and that's gone. Like it's it, and you don't get it back, right? As soon as you retire, you're yesterday's news. It, right. it that's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Michael Jordan has stayed relevant because of his shoes. And and because of you know his ownership with the Charlotte teams and different things like that, but there are a lot of kids that don't really know how good Michael Jordan was. He's the dude with the shoes. Yep. That that's just the way it goes. So mm-hmm. that's it. Oh, the Lakers are playing the Timberwolves tonight, so maybe Cat will go for sixty. That's right. Congratulations to Cat for, for that sixty piece and seventeen boards too, man. He was. I mean, he was. That's a full nice work. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, and good for Cat. I, mm-hmm. I root for that dude. Uh, you know, Bomani Jones isn't a fan because because Cat's not one of these uh, psychotic killers. Yeah, I guess you have to have and um, that that is one of my worst takeaways from the Michael the MJization of the NBA. Whereas if you're not psychotic about winning. Then you mm-hmm. don't care about winning, and that mm-hmm. people are just different. You can do things differently. You don't have to curse your teammates and belittle your teammates to be a champion. I think that that is different. That's the one thing I like about what LeBron does. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a poor GM, but 
he gave he got J.R. Smith to act right. Like, you know, so <laughs> you know, he got some knuckleheads to 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 buy in. Like, yeah. you missed that shot, but I'm gonna come back to you. Uh-huh. Uh, uh uh James Johnson or whatever, James Posey, no. Whatever James whoever Jones. that dude was that followed James, James Jones that followed him around all over the place. Yeah. So you don't you don't have to be psychotic. I'm gonna come back, you know, you can do things differently. But with MJ, that was the only way to get it done. Mm-hmm. And you know, people lead differently. That's true. But, yeah, but but Cat, with everything he's been through, we talk yeah. about you oh. know the, the COVID situation. I mean, his mom definitely that that's that's huge. But he lost like four or five other family members early mm-hmm. on before mm-hmm. we had vaccines and everything. So that dude mm-hmm. has been through it. I, I root for him. I root for all the Kentucky guys. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad he had that moment. I knew yeah. that was that was very special. He had a nice post about his mother. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm just rooting for these kids. Absolutely, they're they're and, my kids. Yeah, yeah, that's where that's where we are now. Sure is. And congratulations <laughs> to to the UK rifle kids for going back to back. We're talking about playing for championships. They brought home another one, Coach Mullins, UK rifle, back to back chips. So congratulations it, to that. I I, I hope that. I know checkerboards are bad and people want to drink at Kroger Field, but man, when you just look around at what Mitch Barnhart's doing, I mean, bringing in Stoops, bringing in Cal. Coach Elsie is is showing that his faith in her was rewarded. You look at the swimming diving team. You look at uh, uh, Coach uh, Minjion for baseball. A lot of people wanted him go. Yep. So – uh, I know these are things that, that folks kind of harp on, but uh, the athletic program at Kentucky, hey, like I said, it's always a good day to be a Wildcat. There you go. There you go. And with that, we got another fun show in the books. Uh, congratulations to UK Rifle. Thanks to Dana Falk, Randy Newman of Big Blue Express, TheHungryFan.com, BigBlueExpress.com. Um Play Action Pools, too. They got a bracket contest. They put a Cats Talk Wednesday bracket on their site. So go to Play Action Pools and fill out a bracket. This is bracket crazy right now. Fill out your brackets everywhere. Lots of rain watches. Put your Cats Talk promo code in and get 10% off. So uh, I think we got everything in. Oh, thank you again to Gatorade. It's absolutely. Uh, we thank you as being part of the BS3 network. The BS3 network is thankful to Gatorade. Yeah. Because they had a little ad deal and that benefited everybody in the network. And so we appreciative of the Gatorade. And you even got the product placement in there. I should have been smart enough to do that as well. I tell you, after after a long day of spitting these fire hot takes, there's nothing that quenches my thirst quite like Gatorade. Mm-hmm. Gatorade, the thirst quencher. Absolutely. So appreciate y'all. Appreciate you, Gatorade. I'm I ride with the cool blue. That's that's not one of the old like quote unquote original six. It's not a, it's one of the newer yeah, it, 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 it's new. I, I don't do that or the Gatorade Zero or whatever. I do eat the Gatorade protein bars after my run. Mm. So, mm-hmm. you know. Gatorade is versatile. So, TV, I, I, we know you the, run, and we know if you're going to consistently eat, you know, the Gatorade bars, they must be doing something right. So That's right. That's how I refuel after my run. I refuel and I rehydrate. So, thank you, Gatorade. Yes, indeed. March Madness, here we come. 
That's right. Cats by 90, baby. Here we go. St. Peter's up first, and then we go on from there. And the women will in Bloomington. We talked about Princeton with Brandon Knight. The UK women play Princeton in the women's tournament uh, up in Bloomington. Everybody's up in Indiana right now. Indianapolis, yeah. Bloomington. Uh, UK Athletics is up there in the Hoosier State doing their thing. And, and Candace Parker has the UK women going to the Final Four Ooh. through the Bridgeport division where you got NC State and UConn playing in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Hey, why not, baby? Why not? It, it's not going to be any harder than they had to do to win the SEC tournament. True. That's true. I mean, it's not going to get any. It's not going to get any more rough. Mm-hmm. So and they had no days off to do that. You get a day in between games. And so let's do it. Yes, let's get the Lord. let's get the men and the women to the final four this year, baby. There you go. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate our guests. Oh, absolutely. Y'all check us out in the Rave On Sports app. We'll be hosting. Uh, yeah, tomorrow night, tomorrow, baby. Rave On Sports. Shout out to Brittany Harris and James Clark. And they said for Saturday, you know, because we so many Kentucky moves on past St. Peter's. Uh, EJ Florial is going to be in there. And uh, Marcus Lee and okay. Tyler Eulis and Ty Lanter are supposed to be in there too. So it's going to be uh, me and you up in there. So we going to be a fun Kentucky chat uh, as long as they take and, care of business tomorrow. And Tyler Eulis' little brother balls is balling out at Iowa. He's He's been yeah. a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's um, right. So, man, we enjoyed it. Appreciate everybody. Y'all follow us. And yeah. keep and, on and pray, for, pray for my wife. This is going to be our first march together, so pray for her because uh, she has not seen TB watching his cats in the NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to be uh, it's going to be real. That's right. Yes. And like one last thing, uh, Dick Vitale. Did you see his final four? <laughs> yes, it was us and. Who do you have us beating? Tennis, uh, tennis He's league? got Kentucky and I with a championship game. Oh, if that I, happens, yeah. I'm going to have to find a new place to live, baby. Oh. I can't. <laughs> like we said before, like all of a sudden, Kentucky and I were playing in everything. See, see, Trying y'all to... went viral and look what happened. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's the curse. <laughs> the universe yeah. said, here you go. We got to get our pound of flesh. So <laughs> awesome stuff. We'll be back next week to recap uh, 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 the Cats. Both cats moving on to the to the Sweet Sixteen and whatever else uh, whatever else happens in the sports world, man. Absolutely, y'all take us out. Cats out Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter from Man Terry TV Brown. This is Vinny Hardy. Appreciate everybody. We'll see y'all next week. To do it all again. Yes, sir. <laughs>